0: Welcome to the Tegis Law PLLC podcast and video blog. This show is brought to you by TGIS Law PLLC, a defendant's law firm guiding you to a new beginning. You can email us at service at or find us at www.tegislaw.com. Warning, this show contains live recorded footage. Parental guidance, although not generally necessary,
1: is suggested.
0: All right, welcome to the Teach Us Law Show, where the topics are random, the jokes don't make sense, and your host may not be coherent. Every show is comprised of a 22-minute segment which revolves around a topic drawn randomly from a hat of legal topics. Each guest is given one week to prepare, and we use a rapid-fire
1: method of discussion.
0: Can you hear me? I can. You can hear me, okay. I'm gonna make sure I can hear you, and then we're gonna make sure Carla can hear us, and that we can hear Carla but I believe I can hear myself pretty well. I can hear you. I am hoping you can hear me, because that would make sense. Um, I I brought you some vanilla ice cream, um, because I like vanilla ice cream and I don't want to be eating it alone. I'm also eating vanilla ice cream.
1: I have fallen for this trip many times.
0: (laughs) Hey Carla, how are you? I can't seem to figure out why this vanilla ice cream tastes so much better than, like, other vanilla ice creams I've had. But this is, like, the Walmart brand. This is, like, the cheapest brand
1: possible. I actually have a theory on that. It's when I was in elementary school, whenever we'd have ice cream days or whatever, we would get these cups. And so I think it just takes you back to your childhood when you would uh, get to do ice cream day at school. You know, we didn't was... have ice cream day at school. Oh, you didn't have ice No, we school? didn't have ice cream day at school. Oh. Uh,
0: Carla, can you hear us? I hear you. Okay, we can't hear you. You got to talk into the mic. Can you hear me now? Yes, look at that. You see how wonderfully that works when you talk into the microphone. Now, if I'm leaning back, can you still hear me? Yes, I can. These are um, called unidirectional mics. Uh, What that means is the sound um, that is projecting into the microphone has to come in from one direction. An omnidirectional microphone, and these are facts for you guys omnidirectional microphones pick up sound from 360 degrees. Um, For recording, you would want a unidirectional mic. The only reason I know this is because when I was in high school, uh, I'm sorry, the second high school I went to, we had a TV station that was down the road. And because the town was so boring, uh, this is Piscataway, New Jersey, um, I would volunteer my time at a TV station. And they taught me really as much as they could teach me. Um, And I learned how to operate high-end cameras and equipment and all that stuff.
1: Now, transversely, I went to school in eastern Kentucky, so... um... My senior year, we—I'd uh, you know, already gotten all my requirements out of the way, and you could—they had programs where you kind of like not have to take your final exams. So the, for the last three weeks, I would go with all the vocational school kids to their vocational school, and I got forklift certified.
0: That's okay. That's interesting. <laughs> all right, so I'm going to turn off this music in the background. Um, our listeners probably can't hear it, but we we have music. Um, there is a buzzing sound, that is because of the fan. And I'm afraid of turning off the fan because it does get a little warm in here. Um, however, um, that made it worse. Is can you guys still hear me? Not
1: yep. okay. I, I,
0: I How about how about now? Yeah,
1: I can hear there's now.
0: noise. How about how about now? Can now you guys hear me? Look at that. And this, the buzzing sound is not as bad anymore. Am I am I correct? Right. There's still a slight buzzing sound, but it is what it is. However, I'm pretty sure that our listeners can't hear that buzzing sound because in the last recording we did, I'm pretty sure that was episode four. Um, when I when I went through the editing, I, I didn't hear the buzzing sound. So I am under the impression that it's only us who is hearing this buzzing sound. I didn't notice it you said something. Huh, okay. Well, with that being said, uh, my name is Sahil Patel, and this is the T.J. Law Show. Uh, we have uh, Carla Castillo. What is the rest of your last
1: name? La
0: Ka, what she said, because I am terrible at names, I apologize. Um, she is our uh, co-host today. Um, she is the office manager for TGIS Law, along with Pamela, uh, Pamela Vargas. Um, we like to alternate between the two. And our guest today is uh, Wes. Wes, how do you say your last name? Baker. Baker. Okay, that was, um, what the hell just happened? I can't hear anything. Okay. can you guys are hearing me now yeah. okay the part that sucks is i don't edit these, so um our listeners are going to have to listen to all that going back and forth <laughs> but um, so your last name is baker yeah are you a baker
1: <laughs> uh i mean depends on how you want to define it i can bake but if it tastes good that's kind of open to the interpretation
0: do you know Katerina Vindukets.
1: <laughs> I do. She is a classmate of mine.
0: Did you know she is a baker?
1: I did actually. I've, mm-hmm. I've had many of her uh, special treats.
0: Did you know she is a world award-winning baker?
1: <laughs> no, I did not know that, but mm-hmm. it does not surprise me. Yeah. Her bacon's pretty good. Yeah. It? A lot of
0: people don't know it, but she is a world-class winning uh, uh, baker. Uh, we her, have we her have clients cli- on not bakery. Didn't yeah, they? exactly. In Vegas, she has she have we we have clients that will specifically ask to come in when she has brought in treats for us. So maybe, maybe not, I don't know. I'm trying to eat ice cream. You may or may not want to tell your classmates and maybe she can bring something in for the rest of them.
1: Well, I mean, you know, if y'all could always add like a law office slash bakery (laughs) <laughs> probably get more clientele that way too. So I'm coming in for a loaf of bread and then, oh, I have financial trouble. Well, come on back here to the office. You okay. Karina hasn't brought baked goods in a while, so mm-hmm. she should probably bring some soon too. Yes.
0: <laughs> With that being said, let's get started. Wes, you got three minutes. You don't need to take all the time. Tell us about yourself, your background.
1: Well, uh, as you can tell from the accent, I am not from Florida. I am from a little town called Pikeville, Kentucky, which is in the heart of the Appalachian Mountains uh, in a town that borders both Virginia and West Virginia. Uh, I uh, did my undergraduate degree at the University of Louisville, go Cardinals. Um, took some time off after school, worked for about three years for a government contractor, and then decided that you know I was going to be miserable the rest of my life, I didn't pursue law because it's something I always wanted to do. So, uh, you know, I grew up... Grew impoverished in Eastern Kentucky as well, so you know I always looked at the law as something that could uh, could elevate me as well as letting me help, help elevate others. Okay.
0: You interned here at Tegis Law for a period, am I correct? I did. What does Tegis Law do? What do we focus on?
1: Uh, if if you're going to give me if if Sorry if I can speak. If you would want me to give you just a one sentence statement, I would just say you want to help people.
0: Okay. What part of law do we focus on? Bankruptcy. Why do you want to focus on bankruptcy?
1: Uh, you know, going back to what I was just talking about, you know, growing up in poverty in Eastern Kentucky, you kind of, uh, you you know, you learn from an early age what it's like to go without and what it's like to have to deal with financial troubles. And uh, I would love to be part of the process of helping someone get through those.
0: Okay. So you are currently in law school, correct? Are you a 3L or 2L? I'm, I'm sorry. 3L. Or 3L. Uh, to ready graduate. Yeah, uh,
1: my last semester this semester. And
0: then I go part-time
1: next semester and I'm out. Well, my fat dog just you? ate my ice cream.
0: <sighs> okay. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Congratulations. Law school is not an easy task. No. In your opinion, how difficult was law school?
1: Uh it really depends i think it i think it, there's certain level of difficulties for certain levels of people for me you know it's intense and you know the study and especially on finals time is is nothing to shake a stick at but i enjoy learning it so i think if i was you know I, my, my least favorite subject of all is the natural sciences you know Biology, chemistry, anything like that. So if I was having to do three years of that, I would be ten times more miserable. But since I enjoy the subject matter, you know, I think it, you know, it's it's kind of a, uh, it's a a fun torture.
0: Okay. What advice would you give to a
1: person wanting to go to law school? So uh, I've I've thought about this a lot, and I think that you have to have. You have to have a deep passion for being a lawyer. I kind of equate it. Do you know the book, uh, The Divine Comedy, by Dante Alighieri? I, I don't know. So it's a it's an old e- Greek epic poem, and the the dollar store uh, synopsis is a guy falls in love with a girl, girl dies, so guy has to go through the seven layers of hell to get to the to his love, and that's a lot like becoming a lawyer. You know, you got your seven layers. I mean, you gotta you gotta graduate college. You've got to study for and take the uh, LSAT, and you got to get into a, a law school. you got to get through that 1L weed-out year, which is very underrated. I mean, a lot of people drop out after that. Then you actually have to graduate law school, and then you have to study for and take the bar and pass the bar, and then you have to get your job. So you ha- you're going in knowing that you have a lot of obstacles you're going to undertake, and it's not going to be easy. So... You better love and you better have a passion for what you're doing or it's going to be nothing but torture
0: you seem like a person who likes history and mystery you you you, oh. you, you tend to come off as a renaissance man <laughs> uh, an individual who is very curious about just life in general sure. am i am i on the right right track here yeah, yeah. And, and, and carla is somebody who loves facts in fact In fact, uh, (laughs) I have to give her at least one or two facts a day, or else she just is not mentally stimulated, and she just becomes a potato. Now,
1: work is boring without your facts. Yes,
0: exactly. With that being said, I do want to have a very quick discussion. Are you familiar with a um, restaurant by the name of Taco Bell?
1: Uh, I do know their work.
0: Okay. Carla? Yes. Do you know that recently um, they took off a large amount of items from their menu? I, I am. Okay. Do you know that they had this item called a seven-layer burrito? No. Are you familiar with a seven-layer burrito? Yes. It is one of their original vegetarian items, and it is literally seven different items within a burrito. That's not meat. That is not meat, absolutely. Now, my, my concern is, and this is, this is where my curiosity peaks, When they fill the burrito with the seven different items, do they fit them into the burrito behind each other or on top of each other? So just to kind of address to our listeners, because I know they're very curious about this, is are the layers placed one on top of another, going top to bottom?
1: Or next to each
0: other. Or I should say bottom to top, or exactly next to each other. So that this way, let me finish. In the second version of the burrito, you're just taking a big bite of, of guacamole versus taking a big bite of all seven layers of different items.
1: Uh, I definitely think they are layered on one on top of the other. Okay. But I think what happens is you have imperfect people making the burritos. So you may put a little extra guacamole when you didn't want to, and that... And so, whenever you close the burrito and wrap it, it pushes the guacamole down to the end, and that's where you get that one bite of guacamole. So,
0: so my my concern is this is a mystery that we may never be able to solve because they stopped making this item. I
1: mean, I feel like you need to go talk to Taco Bell and be like, "Can I have a part time job just so I can see how you make this burrito?"
0: But, but, but they don't make it anymore. That's the point I'm trying to get at: is that they've set in stone this mystery that we may never be able to figure out now. Because they've stopped making it. I think it goes on top of each other. And, and, and I'm also curious in why Taco Bell doesn't have sauce dispensers as opposed to little packets of sauce. I think it's a wastage. There's people like me who drown food in sauce as opposed to taking 10 different packets of the fire sauce or the hot sauce or the mild sauce.
1: Well, if, if you're talking in today's time, then it's just a, it's a sanitation issue. But they've been doing, doing this for about, years. Yeah, but I'm just saying it's an unintended co- consequence of it but I think it's also a uh, you're probably less likely to use a lot more if you're having to rip open each individual pack rather than going up and just pumping it on there as much as you can.
0: That is a very good theory. That is a very good theory. Yes, absolutely. Um, That ringing noise that we're listening to is our telephone system. Our listeners cannot hear this, however we can, which is curious, uh, very, very interesting. Um, We usually start off these podcasts by doing very quick introductions of what we're actually talking about. Um, But we jumped right into it since you're such an interesting person. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to kind of backtrack. This is the Teach Law, and I know I've said that before. Um, Typically, we'd like to have a podcast or a hot seat topic with an individual once or twice a month. Um, I know because of the COVID situation, it's been very disastrous in terms of keeping things on schedule. Um, This is the fifth podcast that we're doing. Um, Last week, uh, we had... um, Oh my God! I'm losing my mind. We we had we had Sydney, uh, Sydney who was an intern here, um, and uh, now we have you, Wes, who was also an intern here. And next week I'd like to have Ben, um, who interned with you as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben just had two beautiful twins, he did. Um, uh, and he did a fantastic uh, internship with the state or the federal attorney's office or some crazy uh, thing. US attorney's office. Yes, um, I'm sorry. Okay, U.S. attorney's <laughs> office. Um, now, kind of um, let's kind of go backtrack with our with our podcast with you um, at Barry. Law school. Who is your favorite professor?
1: Uh, well, anyone I believe who's pursuing a bankruptcy as a as an area of law, they're going to say Professor Linda Coco. You now she's kind of uh, the Mother Goose of all bankruptcy uh, students. You know, if if you really display a true passion and a willing to work for it, um, she's going to be right by your side, making sure you you uh, you get the experience you need. So I really like her. But if uh, if we're wanting to move away from her, because I feel like that's going to be the obvious answer for everyone I'd also say uh, Professor Barry Dubner okay me. Uh, he taught me contracts as well as commercial law uh, I really liked the way he ran his classroom uh, he, he's a uh, he's he doesn't sugarcoat anything so if you're wrong he will tell you you're wrong if you're right he'll tell you you're right um, I think something that goes on a little too much and I wouldn't I'm not this is not indicative of any uh, professor at Barry just kind of general today People don't want to just tell you straight up if you're on the right path or if you're not on the right path. They want to kind of ease you into it. And I just kind of prefer having the bandaid ripped off. So I really appreciated that approach.
0: I like that. Good. Mm-hmm. Um, what is something that our audience would not believe about you?
1: Uh, the, I, I, for two years while I was a child, I lived on the carnival and traveled with them.
0: Okay, we gotta we gotta touch. Okay. All right. So uh, I'm gonna probe here and and just kind of, if if I'm going too far deep, just put your middle finger up. But, um, so you were part of the circus.
1: No, not the circus, the carnival. Now the circus, that's where you. Okay, sh- I'm sorry. Yeah, the carnival. Fire and juggle pins. Now the carnival, that's rides and games.
0: Okay, so you did the, the rides and the games yeah. aspect.
1: I was. I, it was between when I was between the ages of. Boy- Seven and nine.
0: Okay. Well, what did you what did you do?
1: Uh, well, I mean, I was twenty edges of seven and nine, so I can't really uh, you know you can't really earn a lot of money. But you know, I would help. Diff- I would help them do different things when they were setting up or or uh, tearing down rides or games. I would kind of kind of be a gopher, if you will. You know, go get Gerald over across the way. I need him to do this, or go get Jack or whatever, and. Uh, you know, watch people's pets while they were doing things, stuff like that, so.
0: Is it true that all of the carnival games are rigged?
1: Uh, Rigged, no, but there is a certain way you have to win them. So, uh, the best example I can give is, you know the balloon game where you throw the darts and you're popping the balloons? Yeah. So, you don't want to throw the dart straight at the balloon, because then, something that, you know, you can actually try at home, blow up a balloon, and at the top of the balloon, There's, it's like a thicker rubber. You can actually stick a dart completely through that and it won't pop.
0: He's right about this. I can't believe I didn't think about this. He is absolutely right about that. So
1: whenever you throw, you want to throw in a downward angle so it hits the side and it pops it. And that's how you're going to win that game. If you just keep on throwing straight, you can bounce the dart off the balloon and not pop it. You could, I've seen times where people actually throw it through that middle and it's not popped so you don't win the game. Um remind me to go to a carnival with
0: you <laughs> <laughs> which which game at the carnival is the highest possibility of winning
1: uh I mean really probably the balloon game because I mean you know kids could throw and they're and they're not gonna be able to throw it straight up so it's going to angle down and hit it so I would say that or the uh the water gun games where you're racing people mm-hmm. because there's not really a whole I mean you're just if there's eight people only one person's gonna win, so you know, they don't have to do a lot to make sure they're not losing. So you're paying five dollars to do it, that's forty dollars a round and all for a toy that probably costs five cents. So you can afford to let someone win every time.
0: What is your favorite food at the carnival? Oh no,
1: well I, I guess I hit it at, the, at that age where I'm not really into a, a lot of carnival foods, but if I had to give one, I mean, the classic corn dog, I mean, how, how do you beat a corn dog?
0: Are you a ketchup on a corn dog guy or a mustard on a corn, guy? A ketchup. Ketchup, corn a, dog guy? I am a ketchup.
1: Ketchup am a corn dog guy. I am a ketchup on a lot more than just a corn dog. I love my ketchup.
0: I have a cousin who is in his probably now 40s, who loves ketchup? This guy goes through ketchup like it's water. Are you similar to that?
1: Uh, depending on the foods, yeah. I mean, I, I can, you know, all your traditional stuff you have ketchup on, I mean, I'll do it. So, so, I mean,
0: my cousin's son is also the same way. So, I suspect that my cousin brought this on to his son, this, this burden of ketchup. <laughs> Are you in the same boat? Are you going to put this burden onto your child?
1: So I don't know if I'll put it on to my child, but funny thing, my mother in law, who uh, who's going through some health stuff right now, yeah. and uh, so like that, we actually share the same birthday. Uh, we both our birthdays are both October the nineteenth, and we both have the same affinity for ketchup, oh, as well as other foods. So I don't know if it's more of a cosmos thing or or what, because you know I didn't know her until I met my wife, but uh, we do catch up the same exact way, and she's the only person I know that does catch up the same way I do it.
0: I'm not a fan of ketchup. I can tell.
1: I'm a picky eater. So.
0: Yes, we know that. <laughs> Carla had pickles and olives for the first time like last week.
1: <laughs> so you?
0: It was really weird. It was yeah, Probably yeah. not the first time, but it was really weird. I'm
1: <laughs> proud. Yeah, so he got me a hot dog and it had all that stuff. Oh, hot Chicago yogurt. style. Yeah, it.
0: exactly. Well, it was a since something upstate New York style. It had like relish and some other stuff. I it wasn't mean, like a true Chicago. I'll tell you a
1: good hot dog topping that, that goes very underrated, sauerkraut
0: cra is delicious very filling too yes was law school is. was law school what you expected
1: uh, no I think uh, everyone has this image of what law school is because you watch movies um, and you watch TV shows and whatever you know I, I, I saw law school as being this big competitive thing where if you're not looking you're going to be stabbed in the back and people are just kind of cutthroat and while there certainly is competition because you know class rankings, trying to get internships, I really, I found more of a community and a camaraderie in law school than I thought there was gonna be. It's not as much me versus the world. It's kind of, we gotta get through this together. It, I, I liken it more to being in a foxhole with people. Okay. Thank you.
0: You worked at T.J.S. Law for a period as an intern. Oh
1: uh, for, yeah.
0: For what a- was your typical day So, that our listeners can understand what it's like to work in a bankruptcy firm. So, just in general, just go through your day at Tejas Law. Well,
1: I I would get here, you know, the start of the day, and Carla or Pamela would hand me a a folder, and it would be a new case. And, you know, the client is coming in at one, so get ready for them. So, you do everything from financial analysis to uh, looking through their. Their their debts and knowing which ones uh, are secure, which ones are unsecured, uh, making sure that there's no problems that you need to go through. You know, trying to make it as smooth as possible for the person. All while you know, if you know you need something, or if uh, Mr. Teaches the namesake of the firm needs something, uh, you know, you kind of taking care of that as well. So, you know, it's 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 very much a learn as you go. You know, g- you know, start start the ground running. Okay. And uh, a whole bunch of snacks. Yes. Yeah. Whole Lots of snacks. snacks. Yeah.
0: While you were at Hedis Law, who was your favorite teammate?
1: Who? That that's like asking a mom to pick a <coughs> favorite child. Well, so I'm, I actually say there's a tie between two people. I would say that would be Pamela and Carla, because now while there while we have a lot of legal minds great legal minds here, the the. The two people who make this office run more than anyone else is Pamela and Carla. Uh, you know, when I I, I, w- I don't know what I would have done without them when I first started because they're the ones. You know, you, Josh, even Cat, you all are are working on stuff too. I mean, as well as they are, of course. But if I need to, I need to know how to do almost anything, well, I let's was, little,
0: let's forget about all that. What did you What did you like about me? What, what was <laughs> I good at? Yeah,
1: okay. I was liking the compliments. <laughs> <laughs> See, you can't, well, what did I like about hill? Well, you certainly do keep the move light here. Um, I think the problem with a lot of firms today is that everyone takes themselves too seriously. Um, you got to remember that, you know, you are a person and you're serving a person and that's what you got in common. So, I mean, in, in the bankruptcy forum, you, you know, you're dealing with someone who is going through the, probably the worst night time of their life. So, do you think they really want to come in and listen to someone talk who has a three thousand dollars suit on, um, just kind of flaunting it, or do you want someone who's willing to talk to them and treat them with the respect they would treat anyone else? So, uh, I, th- I I really like the culture that you as well as Josh has kind of brought here in that regard. Um, it's it doesn't it doesn't feel like a stuffy law firm. It feels just kind of like a family atmosphere where, you know, you're just helping people instead of, uh, you know, billing hours for clients.
0: I like that, and, and I agree. Carlo and Pam do their thing, yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I, I'm, I, they, they are the grease that that makes this they are. this firm firm work. Um, so definitely big ups to them. Um, have you heard of uh, Mr. Curtis Jackson? Uh, he goes by the, by a different name. You might recognize, called Fifty Cent. <laughs>
1: well, uh, you might be more specific. He's he's a very
0: famous hip hop musician.
1: Oh well, well I'll just give you a, a forewarning. If it can, anything that's pop culture related, I am the last person you want to talk to. My music tastes lie you know, sixties and seventies that, that's okay.
0: We can we can we can kinda of fill you in. So too. so Curtis Jackson, also known as fifty cent, is a very famous rapper. Okay. He's he's essentially what I would call now somewhat semi retired. He's from New York. Um, he had his peak um, well, now he's like a troll slash Instagram star, but he had his peak over the last two decades. Um, he uh, is associated with like Eminem, Dr. Dre, and so on, these very famous, legendary hip hop musicians. Um, 50 Cent is also very famous because of his story. He has a very drastic, phenomenal, emotional story of this rags to riches to almost being on death's doorstep to essentially becoming a multi millionaire, uh, maybe even a billionaire at this point. Um, however, he has had quite a few hit songs. Okay. And um, I I just started doing this, so I'd like to kind of just... I'm going to tell you the lyrics that I'm concerned about, and I'd like for you to just give me your two cents on what you think is going on. <laughs> okay.
1: Two cents, or
0: cent. two cents on 50 cents. Two cents on 50 cents.
1: First um, of all, I really like the name 50 Cent.
0: Yeah, well, do you know where it comes from?
1: Uh, I would assume half a dollar.
0: Oh, oh yes no. <laughs> 50 Cent... Ch- 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 traditionally because of the way, well, let me kind of backtrack back in the nineties. And even in the the two thousands, you didn't really just have, um, you couldn't just download the music you want. I mean, you could, but it was, it was, it wasn't like like today. Um, so you had to like actually have CDs and audio tapes and things like that. So when, when you had um, music at that time, um, you would go to the store and pay $20 for a CD. Well, well, it was twelve ninety nine for a CD, and then I
1: remember it being like thirteen.
0: Yeah, it was like twelve ninety nine for a, for a new album that came out, and then typically like nineteen ninety nine for like a double album. I remember when Notorious B.I.G.'s double album came out, um, it was nineteen ninety nine, uh, but the singles were uh, just the single albums were just thirteen ninety nine. Now, now is
1: that the same guy as Biggie Smalls?
0: No, it is not. Uh, Biggie Smalls passed away many, many years prior to. Mr. Jackson. No, no, no! I'm
1: the notorious B.I.G. Yeah, yes, that is correct.
0: Okay. Uh, he also goes by Christopher Wallace. Okay. That's his real name. Um, Mr. Wallace passed away, you know, a decade before uh, Curtis Jackson probably had his had his heyday. Um, and here we are now, almost a decade later after Curtis Jackson had his had his heyday. In any case, back to where I was getting at. Um, he made a song um, called "In the Club." In the club. Yes, and I'll spell it out for you. It's I-N space D-A. So it's not T-H-E, it's D-A, Space Club, C-L-U-B. Right on. It is from his album called Get Rich or Die Trying. I
1: right?
0: Um Right? The album was produced by Dr. Dre uh, and Mike Elizinoda, I can't pronounce the last name, Mikey, let's just call him that. And um, so he starts the song off. There's two parts of the song that really concern me. He starts the song off, and Carl, I'd like for you to jump in on this as well. He starts the song off by saying, go, go. Go, 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 go. Why? Why do you think he says go six times?
1: Well, I would assume that someone's not listening to him. Just to but why six go. times?
0: It doesn't make any sense. Why does he say go, 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 go? Six times. Not just once, not just twice, but six damn times.
1: Well, now what, now what if he's walking through a room and he's just he's walking through each door and telling uh, one individual person to go? So there's six people he's telling to go and they're not all in the same room. But what if he... Wait, what? <laughs> you're walking through. You're walking through a six room house. What if the goes are he's opening but see, a door? Go. I
0: think you're thinking go. music video. But see, yeah. but see, he, he's saying this very quickly. It's it's all in one st- one line, huh. and there's, there's there's a fraction of a second between the go, so he can't be going through all the rooms at one time maybe, maybe, that quickly. Well,
1: maybe he just doesn't know what to say, so you know, go, 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 go. go,
0: go. And then and then after he says go go, go 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 all this you know these goes six times um he says Sounds the like next the real yeah it is he's a phenomenal rapper um he then goes on to say go shorty it's your birthday we it's go to party like it's your birthday how does he know it's the birthday of this shorty did he ask her prior
1: how do you know it's a her What's it's a him
0: that's actually true. Uh, very. That's a very astute point here. Shorty could be used for a male or a female. You are 100% yeah, a hundred percent correct. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> so could it be possible here that he's with his friends and he's like, "Hey, male friend, aka Shorty, it's your birthday, and you're my friend. Therefore, we're gonna party like it's your birthday."
1: Well, you know, uh, you know how. Uh, all the talk shows that someone's birthday, they can't sing happy birthday to them because someone owns the rights to that and you're about to pay for it every time. So maybe he's wanting to sing happy birthday to Shorty, but he doesn't want to pay the royalties, so he just came up with his own way of saying it. That's a
0: good one. Carla, what are your thoughts on this?
1: I think that song is amazing. First of all, I want to put that out there. I mean, if you haven't heard it, you definitely want to listen to it on your way home. It's a great song. (laughs) <laughs> but I don't
0: know I don't know how you came up with it So we, 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 we are so far talking about the chorus of this song We haven't even gotten into the meat and potatoes In the first verse by Mr. Jackson, I'm just going to read off the first two lines and then we'll move to the next subject, but the, the, the first two lines are, when I pull up out front, you see the bends on dubs When I roll twenty deep, it's twenty knives in the club So In the first line, I'm imagining this gentleman...
1: Now, uh, first of all, can you tell me what a dub...
0: Well, that's what we're trying to figure out here. So I'm I'm imagining that this gentleman is pulling in front of a venue in his Benz. So Mercedes Benz. Sure. Uh, And Katerina Vindicates has a baby Benz, and we look very highly at her. um, So I suspect it's one of those types of vehicles. Um, But the Benz is on dubs. What does that mean?
1: I, I mean... I have no idea what a dub it is.
0: But it's an S, so there's got to be multiple dubs.
1: Sure. I mean, could it be something to do with um, the doors, maybe? Because dub, door, those are Carlos
0: Carla's actually absolutely right. I know about this because I grew up in the ghetto. <laughs> I was just trying to figure out if you knew. Uh, but dubs are rims. And typically in the in the hood, you would have 20-inch rims. That's like the pinnacle of success when you're in the hood. You have 20-inch rims, and you're like, oh, shit, I got money. That's basically it. That's how you would advertise yourself as being the baller on the block. I will fully admit, as a 19-year-old young man in the hood, I had 20-inch rims on my <laughs> car <laughs> with my do-rag and do-rag. my baggy jeans and everything. Um, those stupid rims, I got them from Garden City, New York. I drove my car to Garden City, New York an hour and a half to get those rims installed. When I got there an hour and a half later, my at that time my girlfriend, now my wife, um, the gentleman said he couldn't install them. I got there too late in a day and I had to go back. So I drove an hour and a half back, you know, pissed off, yelling and cursing. The following day I came back, got the rims installed, and then a week later got a flat tire and one of the rims was bent. I got those rims replaced four times over the following three years. So, 20 inch rims, although very nice, are very fragile. And I learned that lesson a very hard way. Now, back to the lyrics.
1: Now, if you put your money in a 401k, that's. Absolutely. It's, it's but as
0: a 19 year old dumbass in Jersey City, I didn't think about that. <laughs> um, now, he's saying, when I roll 20 deep, it's 20 knives in the club. So, I am under the impression that he's saying, when I roll 20 deep, he's saying 20 people?
1: I would assume, just from using the context clues, that he has twenty people in his entourage, and the knives represent people who are willing to fight.
0: But is it? But why would anybody carry a knife in this day and why not a firearm? Well, actually, you know what? The more I think about this, well, this I is mean, it, this if, is New York.
1: It will, if the blade is small is is smaller than four inches. I mean, that's that's the difference between a uh, felony concealed weapons charge and you know just carrying a legal pocket knife.
0: That's a very valid point. But I, but I know for a fact in New York, it's almost impossible to get a carrying license for a firearm. But you don't necessarily need a license to carry a small pocket knife. So you, that's a very, very valid point. Um, okay, cool. Um,
1: this song is also not from 2020. It's, you know, years back. So. I mean, that's, that's even worse. I mean, they, they instituted the gun stuff. And I want to say the 80s or early 90s, it was part of... Uh, they're cleaning up uh, New York, you know, cause Times Square where, you know, do the ball drop now, you know, back in the day, that's where all the, the pornography theaters were. Um, you know, it was kind of like New York's red light district. Right. And so they, uh, I think it was Giuliani, uh, started the cleanup process and that's kind of where all the, the gun bans went into effect. Yeah.
0: Okay, um, in the last part of the chorus, this is before the outro, um Mr. Jackson says in his last line there, So come give me a hug if you're into getting rubbed. Now to me that's sexual glorification essentially saying, Come and allow me to rub your bottom. Is is that is that what you is that what I'm understanding here? Is that what you're understanding here? Uh because I'm not I'm not cool with that. That's kind of weird.
1: Yeah, that's uh that, that sounds like a me too like uh thing that's going on here um definitely kind of promotes the patriarchy um but i i, th- I think you're onto to something with that i think that uh or maybe he just meant like you know how whenever a relative gives you a hug they kind of rub you on the back as well i mean it could be as innocent as that
0: we are now in 2020 during the me too movement we are Pro-feminism is something that I've been very passionate about for many, many years, but now it's become even more on top of the soup, if you want to call it that. It's just floating there. You can't hide from it. It is what it is. You either approach it head on or you carry it away. Mm -hmm. If this lyrics were in a song today, do you think Mr. Jackson would get in some sort of trouble?
1: No, I, I, what I, as I said before, I'm, I don't really subscribe to the uh, pop culture of today, but when I do hear a song on the radio if my wife has uh, left it on a station or something like that, you know, a lot of the stuff I hear, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed at. Um, you know, music has always been about sex, drugs, and rock and roll, but at least in the 70s and 80s, they kind of hit it in metaphor and simile. Now they'll just say it. You know, I'll never forget, I, uh, one of, the, one of the times I was listening to radio Probably had to be seven ten years ago There was a song that the whole chorus Was just a guy saying ass repeatedly Just ass, 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 ass And I just I, I, I don't think there's much Metaphor or simile anymore But I do think that people kind of Assume it So songwriters don't get under the same uh, Scrutiny as Someone who's just having a conversation.
0: If you could go back and change one thing from your one year, what would it be?
1: Uh, definitely live closer to school. Um, so my wife is a doctor with Orlando Health uh, here in Orlando, and oh, Orlando Health. <laughs> yes. Um, so when we, when I was applying to law schools, this was before we got married. Uh, she would uh, she was applying to jobs here where I got accepted. So i w- i decided you know what i want to go to barry you know i got a good scholarship package it could be around disney which is a whole another topic for another day uh let's I, I think that would be good well my wife applied for a job well the next day she got a call had a phone interview and the day after that they said you're hired could you be here next monday as in like 10 days from now she said sure i mean you can't turn a job down only problem was we had never been to Orlando outside of going to the, to, uh, well, she had never been to Orlando outside of going to the theme parks. I would never been to Orlando, period. So we didn't know the way to land. So just working off Google searches like that, we got an apartment in Lake Dona, which is down around the airport, South Orlando, about 45 minutes from school. <laughs> so I was driving an hour and a half a day to go to and from school. And that's not a, that's not a fun drive to do. So Absolutely. definitely would maybe consult a map before getting an apartment. Yeah, like is a
0: nice area. It is. So so typically our podcasts are, they're supposed to be 22 minutes to 24 minutes long. Um, they, I, I, in, in reality, they, they range to be about 28 to 35 minutes. Um, we're, we're on the, the higher end here. Um, but I do have... Just a few more things I want to talk about. Yeah. Um, have you heard of this song? It's a very old song, but a very familiar song. Carla, you might you might know this. I, I don't know, um, but it's called the Macarena.
1: I, I actually do know the Macarena.
0: It is a song by a group of guys um, who are known as the Los Del Rio. Um, this song was a phenomenal hit back in the '90s, um, to the point where even today they continue to play this song. I mean, I could do the. Can't you? Well, that's uh, and to our listeners, um, Wes is doing the dance.
1: <laughs>
0: so the the song immediately became a phenomenon because of not just the lyrics, but the sampling of music and the dance that goes along with the song Sure. and um, so this song the, the dance to the song has numerous steps can you briefly describe those steps to us Wow. I, and I, I think I read somewhere that there's 14 to 16 steps
1: okay I'm gonna I'm gonna try this so I would say start off in the money position the mummy position? Yeah, you know, with your arms straight out. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Perfect, all right? So let's, let's keep okay. going. And so your moves are you're going to flip your right hand over. Okay. Then your left hand over. Okay. Then you're going to bring your right hand to your left shoulder. All right. Left hand to your right shoulder.
0: Okay. Uh, our listeners, Wes is actually doing this while we're, while we're in the studio right now.
1: And then you're going to bring your right hand to your right hip. Left hand, left hand to your left hip. And then... For lack of better terms, you're going to wiggle your booty around, and you're going to turn around in a 90-degree angle. You're going to go back to the moment position and do it again.
0: And Wes wiggled his bottom in case you guys were all wondering. (laughs) Well, I mean,
1: I'm I'm someone I I want to make sure I'm clear, for (laughs) clarification's sake.
0: Okay. Uh, Well, to our listeners, I was not expecting Wes to describe this as well as he did, but he is clearly a... Macarena expert. If you are in class with Wes, please ask (laughs) him to show you how to do the Macarena. And
1: send us a video. And
0: send us a video or tag us in the video. Um, Our Instagram handle is called PLLC, or something like that. You'll figure it out, I'm sure. (laughs) Uh, With that being said, again, this is Sahil Patel. That was Wes, our guest of honor today. Uh, and Carla, and Taco, my fat dog, is snoring (laughs) on my feet. Um, We'll catch you guys on the next show. Uh, Thank you very much. Uh, All right, bye-bye. Bye. Bye.